Well, Merry Christmas to everyone and Happy New Year. I know it seems like Merry Christmas is you know, out of sync with the times because all the direction, all the decorations are down. But as I remind you, every year around this time, the Christian church has always celebrated the 12 days of Christmas. You know, that's where the song comes from. And it's the 12 days after Christmas. So this is really good news. If you haven't sent out your Christmas cards, you still got a whole day. You got a whole afternoon to be able to send it out and you're still within the definition of Christmas as the church um, has set. Now, one thing about this season, I feel really sorry um, for this holiday season for seniors, um, not people over 65 uh, or whatever the definition is now. At McDonald's, it's over 50, I think. Um, but... Uh, but high school seniors and college seniors, I feel sorry for them because what question do they get from everybody they see, myself included, and I confess, and I'm sorry. Yeah, so what are you doing next? You know, have you gotten into school or are you going on to school or you're going into the army or you going to, you got a job, you know, and, and that just, I mean, I, I'm, that is, has to be. Mind-boggling, and I've had three children go through that. And there were times where, like, could I just record it on my phone? And when they ask me, I'll just hit play, and it'll give them the answer. I had one one child when they sent their college applications off, they just prayed, God, would you allow me to just get into one school, just one, uh, not not more than one, and not less than one, because then they wouldn't have to make a decision. They wouldn't have to get up and say, what's my purpose? Where am I going? What? How does this fit? And, and it's not just for high school seniors and college seniors, but it's for all of us. You know, when we ever, especially when we have a transition in life and we become empty nesters or we get a new job or, or we have like a loss, a loss of a loved one, or maybe it's just every morning that you wake up. What am I getting up for today? What is my purpose. And that's the passage in our passage today. That's what Jesus addresses with the church. He says, here's, here's your purpose. Until I come back, here is what you live for. Until I come back, this is what you get up for every day. This is what you're about. And it's a significant time in the life of the church. They've been through spiritual, emotional whiplash. You know, because in this particular passage, they've seen Jesus, their, their leader, they've seen him murdered and, and then buried in a tomb. But then they've seen him raised from the dead, exonerated, even from death. And so they've been through this whiplash and now they're with him and he's about to leave them. And they're wondering, what do we do? And he gives the church, he gives us, as his church, our purpose. In uh, Matthew uh, chapter 28, um, a familiar passage that often maybe you've heard the set called the, the Great Commission. But this indeed is the mission that Jesus gives to us. Uh, it's found on your uh, pew Bible um, on page 835 of the bottom right hand corner. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, we do thank you for... Um, this day and this time to gather at your word as it speaks to us of Jesus. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and then hands and feet 
to do what you're calling us to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Um, again, uh, at the very end, this is the very last uh, sentences of the Gospel of Matthew that Matthew's writing of, of Jesus' life. And this is what he says, starting with verse 16. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, the first thing that you see here is that Jesus makes it clear he's the one who has authority. He's the one who has power. He's the one that, that gives the marching orders. He's the one that gives the mission. He, he tells us what we are to do. I'm not the authority. You're not the authority. Uh, tradition isn't the authority. Uh, what the church, uh, the, the church mission isn't the authority. Jesus is the authority. Um, uh, family security, uh, national security, uh, those are not the authority. Jesus is the authority. He's the one who has All power in heaven and on earth, everywhere and anywhere. And that's really great news. That's really great news, especially when we're wondering, hey, what what are we supposed to do today? You know, what what are we supposed to do? um, I've been in those kind of situations where it just chaos erupts and you're like paralyzed. I was sitting on the front uh, steps of my friend, Jay, with, with Jay Davis, my friend. We're sitting on the front steps of his house. Um, this was in high school. And uh, um, as we're sitting there, his motorcycle comes up the hill next to him. He's right next to a three-way stop. And uh motorcycle comes up, and he, he's coming up the hill, and the motorcycle, it, just, it runs the stop sign. There's a UPS truck turning in the, at the three-way, and the, the motorcycle tries to avoid it, but clips the front bumper, and then the motorcycle and rider roll across the street into Eddie Thomas's yard, which is right um, across the street. And Jay and I, you know, we, we're just silent, dumbfounded. We sit there and ask each other a bunch of stupid questions like, did you see that? Did you see what did happen? I mean, look, the motorcycle was coming up. I mean, we'd just seen it, but we're paralyzed. We don't know what to do. And then finally, the UPS driver gets out, and we're just sitting there looking, sort of moaning and groaning. And finally, we walk over to the UPS driver, don't know what we're going to do. And then the police and the paramedics. And all, all of a sudden, once they've shown up, oh, okay, all is well. Because the police are the authority, the paramedics are the authority. They they come in, they they tell us what to do. Basically, get out of the way, and they, and they start directing the traffic, and they start tending. Actually, the man who was on the motorcycle was a man we knew. It was Kent McCormick's um, father, and he survived. He was he was fine, broke his leg, but uh, but survived. But it was one of those times when when the authority shows up. Then we're at ease. All is well. Even though there's been a terrible accident. And, and so that is our life. 
No matter what's going on, all is well because the authority is present. And the one who has all authority in heaven and earth is the one who gives us our mission. Who else do you want to take directions from but the one who created heaven and earth? Who else do you want telling you this is your purpose for life but the one who breathed life into existence? Who else you want being your authority but the one who died for you and demonstrated his power over sin and death in his resurrection? This is good news then, this mission that he has given to us. And then he goes on to say this, this is your purpose. Your, your purpose now, you have one guiding action. There's, there's one imperative There's one active verb in this sentence that he gives. And it is the central point. It's actually one word in the original. And it is to make disciples. What we've translated here in the beginning of verse 19. Make disciples. Everything else, all of the words in his command point to that. Uh, They they are um, in, in some way giving some guidance to that guiding command to make disciples. Now let's unpack that a little bit because we use that word a whole lot, make disciples. It may even at times sound like Charlie Brown's grand, uh, mother, you know, my, 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 wah, wah, wah. it just sort of comes and goes. What does it mean when we say this is our purpose that the risen Lord has given to us? Well, one, the the word is chock full. It's not only translated make disciples, but it's also translated be my disciples. And I think it has a double meaning. You can't make disciples if you're not a disciple. So the really the command is be my disciples and make more disciples. Well, what does disciple mean? It, It means student means be a pupil. Maybe the best word that we would use, you know, it's sort of coming back a little bit these days, is apprentice. We're an apprentice to Jesus for life. You know, some folks are, are plumbing apprentice. They have a master plumber, and they're an apprentice to really learn the ropes of plumbing. We're an apprentice to Jesus to learn the very essence of life and what it means. And so he says, I want you to be my disciples and invite others to be my disciples. You be my apprentice. You latch your life onto me and you invite others to do the same. Now, what I do love in this at the very beginning uh, where, where he does say that the disciples were there, the risen Christ is there, telling them all authorities there and some worship and doubt. Did you catch that at the beginning where it said some worship and some doubt? What I love about that is that this means this is human participation, not human perfection. This is human participation. This, this is a journey. We are an apprentice to Jesus learning every day and every moment. We never graduate from this apprentice program. We are always students. We are always an apprentice. We're always disciples of Jesus. The other thing about disciples is that all Christians are disciples. There's not a level. Well, there are some Christians that are disciples and then others that aren't. That's foreign to Matthew. Matter of fact, in Matthew's gospel, as you you read his story, there's really three. It's really the story of three groups of people around Jesus. Crowds, 
the religious political leaders, and then the disciples. The crowds are the groupies, the fans. You know, they just sort of show up in large numbers, especially when Jesus is feeding people or healing people or performing miracles. You know, so the crowds come and want to hang with him all the time. The the religious leaders and the uh, um, political leaders, now they're the ones who see Jesus as a real threat. So they oppose him. Matter of fact, they want to imprison him and eventually do murder him. And there's actually a movement, this movement of the crowd with the political religious leaders and Jesus during the three, during uh, uh, Matthew's uh, gospel. uh, Because the crowds start being a fan of Jesus. The beginning of the story, the crowds are all with Jesus. And by the end of the story, the political religious leaders have won them over and they're yelling out, crucify him. The disciples are the ones who latch their life onto Jesus and they're following him. Through thick and thin, through their own sin, through their own denying him even. They're still latched on to following Jesus. That's who the disciples are. And that's what Jesus' command is to us, his followers. Be my follower. Be my student and invite others to come along with you. That is your Purpose of which we never graduate. Now, he gives a few words around that. Um, actually, they, uh, I, I use them to make four M's. Uh, so the, 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 the fifth, the first M is mission. So that's our mission, you know, to make disciples. Uh, but the, the, the next one, uh, the next word that relates to this is go. You gotta be moving to be making disciples. It's as you're going, so in your, in your normal everyday life, you are actively working to follow Jesus. You're tied to Him. And, and that's the beauty of the incarnation. We just come through in Christmas, right? That, that Jesus it became human. God became totally encapsulated in human form, limited by the same ways that we are. Yet, Without sin. So he knows and understands and relates to every aspect of our lives. Uh, Making disciples is moving and that it takes initiative. It takes work on our part. It's not something that just happens. It's something that we have to be moving on this journey for. You've heard me say a number of times. You can't steer a parked car. It's as the car is moving that you can steer it and direct us. And, and it's regardless. You're, we are moving as disciples regardless of our station and place in life. Whether you're a minister, whether you're a mother, whether you're a musician, whether you're a manager or a millionaire, a mechanic or a monk, you are qualified to be a disciple whatever and wherever you are. Because Jesus has authority where? Everywhere, in all of heaven and all of earth. And so we are his followers. We're apprenticing to him in life everywhere we go. So as we start 2020, as we start this new year and the tradition of making resolutions, one of the questions for us is, uh, how are you moving with Jesus? 
As you look at this year, what, what's the initiative you want to take in order to apprentice your life to Jesus? Has there been something that you know, this is out of whack with the life of Jesus, Jesus would want me to be? We have to, we've got to address this. Or maybe it's just I need to recenter again, just on the, the life of Jesus. I'm committed to, to reading this, this gospel, reading his story again this year and living into it. What are you doing in your life this year? What, what is that goal? What is that pursuit for you to be more like Jesus and how to invite, teach, encourage, help others to follow him with you? Now, it's part of the reason we as a church uh, took on this uh, whole journey of church transformation, of taking on the prescriptions, making changes, because we want to be moving. We, we want to be continually growing on making disciples and inviting others to join with us, because we want to be more and more in alignment with the mission that Jesus has given us. He tells us now, not only moving, but he says that you're now to make disciples of all nations. He gives us the object. And that, so that moving, and then the next M is multicultural. The object of making decision, of making disciples are all, people of all nations. All peoples. Not just, you know, Jesus with, in his audience in that day, where it said, it's not just with folks in the synagogue. It's not just with the folks in Israel. you got to break out of your familiar comfort zone and go reach out to the Gentiles. Reach out to all the ethnicities around you. It's not just for white or black or rich or poor or American. It is for the whole world because Jesus is. The authority, the Lord of the whole world. So we're charged to, to be moving out of our comfort zone and engaging with others, sharing the love of Jesus with those that are around us. And for us as a church, that's been a vision that stated clearly for us for the last 10 years that we seek to be a multicultural church, connecting in Jesus no matter our differences. And this fall, we voted to take on the, the prescription that sort of rewrote that and tried to focus it a little more, that we are committed to honoring God by growing a diverse community of Jesus followers. In a way, that phrase, honoring God by growing a diverse community of Jesus followers, is just a restatement of the Great Commission. Just a restatement of what Jesus said here. We, we want to be a growing, diverse community of Jesus followers. We want to grow. We want to grow in number and in character. We want to grow wide and deep. And that's really what the next two M's speak to of Jesus' statement. Because after he says you're going to be making disciples of all nations, and he tells you how. First, by baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're going to do this, the M here, multiply. You're going to multiply. You're going to, you're going to grow. So you're moving, you're multicultural, and you're multiplying. This is the sign of, of conversion for people who were disciples of someone or something else, whatever it might have been, Aristotle or their, their own pleasure or whatever it was they were disciples of. They were apprenticed to life for some other authority. And now they're saying, I'm going to latch my life onto Jesus. 
He's my authority. He's the one that is my, he's my teacher. And when that happens, then you're baptized into Jesus. Everyone uh, that follows him is baptized into him. And that's a sign of that conversion. And that's what we want to continue to see grow. We want to see numerical growth for the glory of God, for the furthering of his kingdom. And what we've realized as a church is that we have not given that appropriate attention. And I'm the first one to say, yeah, I I did not give that appropriate attention for us as a church. And so we want to give that appropriate... Yeah, that's good stuff. We want that to happen. We want the kingdom of God to multiply. And that's why... We're going to focus on evangelism. That's why next Sunday we're, we're moving into the fellowship hall. We're, we're going to do Alpha to, to help us re-engage again with the heart of Jesus who made this the, the mission. And why we're going to do Alpha together to re-engage us, to reignite our heart in the same heart that Jesus had. And also so that we'll do it and, and then share that with others. You know, give us a, a net together to do fishing with, as Jesus would say, to, to share this good news, not only to, to reignite us, but also uh, to help us re, relearn how we can share this good news together, not just as pole fishing with individuals and individual conversation, but as a community in different ways, not only here, but in other places. So that's why we're going to do that um, for the next seven weeks, starting next Sunday. Uh, because we know this is one of our the key elements of our purpose to make disciples is by multiplying and sharing it with others so that others who don't know Jesus will come to know him who aren't following him will come to follow him and then uh, finally the last m is maturing you're baptizing them in the name of the father son and holy spirit and you're teaching them to obey my commands now important thing here is um, not just teaching them what the commands are. It's not just to, to win uh, trivia on Tuesday night at Bacall's when you have Bible questions. You know, it's not, not just to, to know those commands, but to obey them. To form a community that, that encourages, helps, supports, even corrects one another to do what Jesus has taught us to do. I mean, it's what a disciple is. Living life more and more according to the character and teaching of Jesus. It's uh, earlier in Matthew in chapter 10 where Jesus says, a disciple becomes like his teacher. So that we, like Jesus, will grow more and more in living to please the Father. That, that we'll be living a, a life of, of, of prayer and, and rest and Sabbath and connecting with our Creator. We living a life of compassion for those around us, just like Jesus. Of forgiving others like Jesus has forgiven us. We'll, we'll learn and grow in serving like Jesus, who said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life for many. And told us, if you want to find your life, you've got to lose it. You've got to give it away. 
and even to learn how to suffer like Jesus. So he said, if you follow me, you'll take up your cross daily. And if folks opposed me, Jesus said, then they will oppose you. Ultimately, to love like Jesus. Who even loved his enemies and called us to do the same. You see, wow, when you start to think like that, that's why I like that first phrase where the disciples who are with the risen Jesus, you know, face to face, and some worshiped and others doubted. After going through that list, I'm like, I doubt too. But this is the adventure that we're on. I think we've, we've lost the sense of this adventure of becoming more and more like Jesus and inviting Him to. We've forgotten that, no, Jesus didn't just come to serve and love us, but to make us more like Him so that we'll serve like Him, we'll suffer like Him, we'll love like Him. That's why we need one another. That's what the purpose of the church of Jesus Christ is. In just a few moments, we're going to be ordaining new officers, elders and deacons. And the charge to officers and deacons is not that we just be a safe church. I want to be a safe church. It's not that, that we are, uh, that we uh, have everything covered just right. I want to do that too. But I don't want to do that and forget the mission that Jesus has given us for us to be a community becoming more and more like Him. That's what gets us up in the morning. That's what makes God's people say, all right, let's tackle today. How will I get to learn and grow and become more like Jesus and invite others to do the same with me? It's his mission to be a moving, multicultural, multiplying, maturing community of disciple makers. The way we state it at CHPC, we want to honor God by growing a diverse community of Jesus followers. That's a mission worth our life together. And the good news at the end, Jesus comes with a book in at the end. Lest we worry, lest we fret, Jesus promises, and I'll be with you every step of the way. I'll walk with you the whole time. Uh, You want the police, you want the paramedics, or you want the teacher, you want the coach or the boss to be your authority. I'm there. I'm with you. Be at ease. I'm I'm the one with all authority over heaven and and, uh, hell. I have life and death authority to guide you every step of the way. So we can enter 2020, we can enter this season in our life together with certainty. As we embark on Alpha together, we can enter in that with full assurance that the the one who created us, who made us, who will one day come and make all things right is with us every step of the way. So let's see what God will do in us and through us as a moving, multicultural, multiplying, maturing community of disciple-making disciples. Amen.